Hello, Russell Brand here. I'm really excited to share some of my conversation with Gabby Bernstein. Gabrielle Bernstein is an American motivational speaker, life coach, and New York Times bestselling author. She wrote The Universe Has Your Back, Super Attractor, Manifesting Life Beyond Your Wildest Dreams. Anyway, she's brilliant. She's kind, she's decent, she's awakened, she's part of an important movement. On the 1st of January, Gabby is leading a 21-day manifesting challenge where you can discover how to act in alignment with the energy of the universe. Well, I'd like to do that. Here, um, there's a link to a wait, waiting list in the description. Anyway, uh, yeah, check this out. In this clip, right, Gabby tells me, I'm Russell, by the way, about the IFS, that's Internal Family System Therapy, talking about the various aspects of your persona. You'll really enjoy it, I think. You can listen to more episodes of Under the Skin only on Luminary, the subscription podcast network with original shows from your favourite creators. You can get it for as little as $2.99 a month with their annual plan, plus a seven-day free trial to get started. Visit luminarypodcast.com to start your free trial. I really recommend you do it. It's a great podcast, and there's thousands of other great bits of content all across Luminary Network and I'm doing some exciting new content for them soon so uh, keep listening. Available in the Nordics now, Finland, that's a Nordic, Denmark, that's a Nordic, Sweden, that's unt Nordic, where else is Iceland? Any others? Do you think the Nordics that are Nordics that aren't Norway think, why is it called the Nordics? Don't the Findics think why can't I don't it think be? They think that. Why not? Why or don't the they Scandies, get... Scandinavia? What? Is it Scandinavia or the Nordics? Yeah. What's going on? Scandinavia versus Nordics. Why don't the Finnish go? We want it to be called the Findics. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, those are just some of the things. <laughs> you can trust me to bring about a and a spiritual awakening that will lead to political revolution because. You know, I've got some great ideas. Trying to achieve equality with the annihilation of category is not no, a successful that, route. Yes, that's, that's, that's exactly right. We're in this era where it turns out we were never the boss. It doesn't look like an ideology. What's beneath the surface of people we admire, of the ideas that define our time, the history we are told? And welcome to Russell Brand. Under the Skin. Um... Will you tell me some more then about, uh, you said you're going to explain internal family systems, for example. See, this is my internal family systems move. I'm so excited. I feel, I have a sense that this is something that you might start to get into just based on some of our similar interests, but um, IFS therapy. Ooh, okay. So I'll take you back a bit. I've been practicing IFS for, for seven years without even realizing it. So my therapist specializes in IFS and forever she would say to me, you know, she would explain to me that I had these different parts and that we are all multiples. Okay. And we have the, this idea of multiplicity, the idea that, of, you know, multiple personality disorders, it's like this shunned idea, but in fact, we all are. But someone who's just been diagnosed with multiple personality disorder just had such a severe trauma that it got so blown out, blown out so far that they're, they've lost connection to their core self, right? But we all are functioning as multiples. We've got the little Gabby who was abused as a child. We've got We've got the, you know, controller part of me that wants to just manage everything, right? We've got the, you know, the, the wife, Gabby, who, you know, perceives herself in that way. So we've got all these different parts of ourselves and I can break it down very simply. There's three parts. Okay. There's the exiled parts. 
And we know that we know those exiles are like the child who was abused. The exiles are the parts of us that are so shameful that we want to do everything we can possibly do to manage them, to anesthetize those wounds, to, to, to shut them down. So then the next part is the managers, the protector parts. So the managers and protectors, for me, let's just give an example. Whenever I feel out of control, my 10-year-old child who, is, who was abused as a child, who felt out of control, who needed to stay safe, steps in, right? She wants to freak out. So instead of her stepping in, this manager, controller, I call her, starts to control everything around her and make sure everybody's doing what they need to be doing so she doesn't have, so little Gabby doesn't have to feel that pain. That's the manager. And then the third one is the firefighter. And anyone who's an addict can recognize their firefighter. It's the part of you that's like, no way, I'm not going to feel this pain. I'm going to pick up that drink right now. And it's just that alarm system that goes off and says, hell no, let me drink, let me work, let me check out my porn, whatever it is, boom, 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 to just shut it down. So we've got these three different parts, but those three parts have many multiple different personalities that we coexist with. And then to simplify it totally, we all have a core resourced adult self. Russell, your core resourced adult self is the beautiful man who took that splinter out of his child today, right? In that moment, there's nothing more than this adult man who's super resourced, super caring, compassionate, loving with his kid, caring for her, right? So the way, one of the easiest ways to start to recognize and identify our core, core resource self is if you're a parent, you know, you could be like, well, what would I say? Like, what would I say to my kid, Oliver, if, if someone shamed him? Be like, baby, you know, you are amazing. You are magnificent. But that's not what we say to ourselves, no. right? So if you start to notice yourself at any point when you're in that, you know, child part and then the managers are stepping in, if you then start to recognize that that adult resource self is there and can start to lead these other parts as if you were the father of these other parts, right? And say to yourself, like, what would I say to my daughter right now, how would I respond to my daughter and respond to yourself in that way? Then what happens is, is, this is getting a lot in here, but I want to get it in. What happens is all these parts can still coexist, but they're no longer in their extreme roles. Does that make sense? Yeah, it really does. I was just very taken with how you described that. Gabby and like got a sort of a lot of identification from it and uh, yeah I think that some of the therapy I have um, notably with you know Bruce who's that sort of the main therapist I deal with he sort of uses some of that kind of terminology but I was also struck by the obvious corollary between what you were describing and Jungian archetypes particularly like the shames child and like the kind and the notion of the shadow the sort of unlived unrealized aspects of the self which are dark and scary but from where power can be found if you can you know, get past the dragon i suppose it's put it into a more localized and and therefore perhaps more pragmatic terminology and a sort of a personal myth rather than a kind of universal myth where you're talking about the ruler the trickster whatever it is in talking like dealing with i recognize like in myself obviously 
the wounded child aspect of the self and the kind of the set of tools and structures that I've designed in order to ensure the safety. And like even again from a 12 step perspective, Gabby, the, you know, I, I remember one of the most sort of significant moments in my early recovery was when a therapist at the 12 step treatment center where I got clean said to me well done you became a drug addict you found a way to survive you found a way well done such a point such an important point that i think you'll find a lot of relief in and anyone who's an addict can find a lot of relief in this there are no bad parts so the part of you that used in whatever form the parts of us that use in whatever form they did their best they did a good job because we in those moments in our life could not feel that pain. We were not capable of feeling that pain. And so those parts, they had a role, but all of our recovery and all of our ability, the, all the work that we've been doing to get closer to our core self, whether we realize it or not, has helped us take those parts of ourselves out of the extreme roles of drug addiction and into a role where they can still coexist with us, but not in such an extreme level. And so it's so beautiful about that is that we can say to ourselves, there's nothing, I, I, I'm grateful for my, just like your therapist said, like you did a good job. You got yourself, even that was your only way of getting yourself to safety in the moment. Mm. Yeah. And um, one of my mentors still sort of uses, I guess people use the kind of terminology and linguistic systems that are appropriate for their background or whatever. But he said like, um, you know, like when I was having a challenge around, I was working on a film like last year and he was saying, he goes like, your emotions are like the sort of shop floor. Like, like we don't want to do this. We ain't doing it. And like he goes, at some point you have to engage the CEO of yourself who's going to go, look, we're going in this direction. We're doing it. Although there are probably some political ideas in there to do with unionization and uh, the empowerment of workers that might not hold up to scrutiny from that perspective, although he is a working class person from Liverpool. So uh, you know, right. th th there you go. But I, I recognise that I think most significant in what you're saying, Gabby, is the acknowledgement that there is not one distinct self that's a sort of static and immovable, uh, unmovable entity. I heard recently from the physicist Carlo Rovelli, the theoretical physicist, that at the most basic level of reality as we currently understand it, there is no static material as such, just that all material objects are determined by relationship. This compound or this molecular entity only becomes that via its relationship with a secondary or at least different entity. I thought perhaps if this is how material reality functions at the most essential level that we can observe in ourselves too, there is a kind of mutability, a kind of plasticity and an interrelational sort of set of possibilities, a super state of possibilities to use a sort of a quantum physical term. Totally. And um, the man, the, the therapist, Richard Schwartz, who uh, created IFS, his whole premise is that when we treat ourselves from this 
so so when we treat ourselves from this sort of diagnostic place of okay you're this one person and you have all these problems that we have to fix it doesn't allow for the compassionate integration of all those parts so mm -hmm. as you start to see yourself as a multiple with just all these different parts and you have this one core adult resource part that can be the leader and can say you are doing a great job, but maybe you could step aside right now so that I could hear from little, little Russell because he has something to say. And then, you know, when it, when it starts to click into place, I mean, listen, I told you I've been doing this for a long time, this, this practice, but recently it started to click in. It's the most mind-blowing thing on the planet. You're like, I can help myself get back to safety in the moment without picking up a drink, without raging on my team without, you know, having a tantrum, like I'm 10, I can just, I can actually resource myself right here in this moment. Yeah. I like that idea. I'm thinking that it sounds like a kind of, again, this is sort of a, a, a an idea that has um, religious and philosophical precedent that it's a kind of uh, super C whilst I acknowledge what you're saying about integration of the these various elements you've identified when you talk about that sort of uber adult or whatever aspects you've talked about there it's like um it's like replacing the fragile self-centered ego that's spoken about in some 12-step literature with a kind of manifest self one of like the books that had most impact on me was written by sort of a Jungian analyst and it's called an encounter with the self and it like talks about the book of Job as being like you know why did God put Job through all this terrible suffering when Job at the beginning of the story is a righteous man already and in this sort of analysis it talks about how that Job's goodness was somehow performative and detached. It wasn't uh, embedded and embodied. This book uses these engravings by William Blake, the English um, sort of poet and genius and artist, uh, to sort of uh, to sort of talk through the evolution of Job. And interestingly, the sort of Yahweh, God, and Job sort of look in the in in Blake's engravings are the same you know so like uh like job is encountering this sort of essentially i suppose a connected self there was a lot of stuff in there gabby that were pretty deep it talks about the behemoth this sort of aspect of our nature that is animal and appetite all appetite you know and a lot of folklore i noticed talks about these appetites and those of us that struggle with addiction recognize appetite because what is craving but appetite wanting 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 it talks also in this um like analysis of the book of job about the uh leviathan the creature of the deep the serpent that's down there in the unconscious that need or, or and and i guess the book is sort of talking about is somewhat talking about integration, even though it's not that never that literal with the Leviathan and the behemoth, these sort of beasts. It's talking about integration because Yahweh tells Job, here is the Leviathan and the behemoth that I created as I created thee. Like that this is this is it. The universe includes these appetites. Being a human being has got an animal in it. It's got a reptile in it. It's got a a, a mouth an endless mouth that just wants and wants and wants and i feel that if our spiritual evolution doesn't acknowledge that these appetites are part of what it is to be a man or a woman or however you identify 
then we are negating an integral part of our nature. And the, that means it will be projected. It will be projected onto a different caste, a different other. These people are the animals. These people are lazy. These people, are, you know, it becomes a very sort of dangerous phenomenon. Yes, because it's, it's when we shun those parts, right? So when an addict is incarcerated because that's an, because of the, you know, dime bag of weed or whatever, right? Like they're not given, they're, they're, you know, they're slapped on the wrist and put into jail and, and never given the opportunity to identify why they were using in the first place. But when we start to receive people, humans ourselves as these multiples, right. And, and seeing all these different, these, these lower level ego vibrations, right. As not wrong, not wrong. We're no longer trying to get rid of those parts, but instead we're just working with them. So they're not as extreme. And in this, in the case of the ego or spiritual language, you could say something along the lines of, it's not that you abolish the ego. It's just that you don't believe in it anymore. Yeah. make those adjustments and if people can start to live from that place of working with these parts whether it be through through addiction recovery or whether it be through even a podcast like this or whatever it may be given the opportunity to work through these parts you no longer become the victim of your actions but instead you become the the leader of your world, right? The leader of your internal system. So, I mean, it's just, it, I just, you know, we can talk about so much here, but I, I just, I just wish that these principles were, uh, so much more easily, uh, acceptable in our, in our, all of our cultures, because man, life is a lot easier when you function from these places. All right. Thanks for listening and go over to Luminary now and subscribe. You get a real good deal. Cheers guys. <laughs>